Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. So I'm so excited. Um, I know you're excited about this message, about this topic. And we, we spoke last week. We started the sermon series with, with the is what's your status? And Pastor Chris gave us this message on marriage. Who of you enjoyed that message? I hope I can just build on that and go another step upwards. Um, but it was a powerful, powerful message. And we really received and really took from that message. And I believe it impacted us last Sunday. And what I really strongly feel in my heart for this morning is that we are raising a standard. Which is not our standard, but it's the standard of Christ. We don't raise a standard by our own values and our own, uh, what we think is right and wrong. But we want to say, we want to put up the standard and say, what is Christ saying about this topic? And we're continuing today with the topic, in a relationship. So who is this message for? This message is for those who are single, wanting, desiring, hoping that one day they'll be in a relationship. It's for you. If you're in a relationship, dating or engaging, it is for you. If you are married or an elderly person in this church, it is mostly, not mostly for you, but it is strongly for you. Because the Bible says if the elderly and the married do not teach the younger generation, they are handed over to the world to be discipled. The world is shaping us. If the elderly persons do not take accountability of the next generation to shape us. For, for most of my life, I was shaped by the world. So when I went into a relationship, I had worldly thoughts and knowledge of how to do it. Yet I had strong godly principles in me. But the how, the picture, what this means, what this moves to, what this represents, I had no clue. Did I know I need to keep a moral standard? Yes. And that's why this, when we hear these type of messages on, on inner relationship, we think first and foremost, this is another message on the do's and don'ts of relationship. And I want to ask you this morning that who of you don't know what you should do and shouldn't do in a relationship? It's little of us. Most of us know the boundaries. Most of us know the lines shouldn't be crossing. So the problem that we are facing it's not the do's and the don'ts of relationships. It's not the boundaries. The boundaries are there. But what we are facing is that we are not starting our relationships with the big picture. Answering the question this morning, how do you start a relationship with the end in mind? So how do you begin now with the focus, with the clear understanding of the destination? Because if you don't know that, what are you doing? What are you busy with? So that's what we're going to look at this morning. And I'm going to answer, I'm going to have four points this morning. And I'm going to ask, what is the importance of starting with the end in mind? What's the importance of it? Secondly, I'm going to address, what is the big picture? You can just remain there. What is the big picture? Thirdly, I'm going to talk about the destroyer, that there's something that tries to ruin the big picture of relationships. 
And fourthly, I'm going to talk about the golden rule that will keep your courtship golden. Right? So four points. Let's start off. I just want to pray for us. Lord, we come expectant this morning. Father, in my heart, I'm so expectant, Lord, of what you're going to do, Lord. Father, I'm so assured in my heart that you're coming to touch hearts literally, Lord. Father, this message is not for a specific group, Father, but you have set it out for all of us, Lord. Lord, you have designed it that all of us can take something from this message, Lord. And I thank you for that this morning. And God, I just thank you that you release hearts, open hearts. And Father, I pray that you come with restoration, God. Father, I pray that you come pouring in your love, Father. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're about to move. And we're expectant in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So what is the importance of starting with the end in mind? Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, Where there is no prophetic vision, I'm reading from the ESV, Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. So where there is no prophetic vision, meaning where there is no dream, where there is no revelation, so where there is no picture of the end. The people cast off restraint. What that means is they let go. They, they lose the self-control. They, they, they perish. Another translation says where there is no vision, the people perish, meaning they die. So relationships die because there is no vision. There is no direction. Therefore, there's nothing to walk towards. Does that make sense? So where there is no vision, it says the people cast off restraint. Meaning, where there is a vision, people do not cast off restraint. Where there is a vision, people do not cast off restraint. Imagine if you plan. Who have you planned your personal life? Who have you planned for your business? Who have you planned? So if you plan, how does the planning work? Mostly you plan with the vision. So you have this ideal picture that you're working towards, and then you plan backwards. So you plan backwards saying, okay, now from the start, how do I achieve this vision? No church, no business, no individual life can live successfully, purposefully, not if they don't know where they're going. And that's the same that applies to a relationship that you're going is if you don't know, when you start a relationship, when you enter into courtship, and you don't know where you're going, how will you actually start? And sometimes what happens is we have a plan. We get so excited, our emotions are running, and we wanna, you just want to get married, and you have the vision, and you have the, the, execution, uh, the, 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 the plan, the action plan, but we lack execution. So we have this, all this excitement come, but... When you realize that, man, this vision is far, and this vision is hard, and this vision is work, then you do not execute what you're supposed to execute. And I remember when I started dating Joanna, we, we dated for about, no, we didn't date yet, sorry. Before we dated, um, we met on a mission in Lesotho. Um, so I'm very particular. She doesn't know this. But if she, missions, 
I had to make sure she went on mission. So when the fact that she came was a go for me. The fact that she was in church was a up for me. The fact that she was in worship, not worship, she was serving in church. I didn't actually know she could sing well. Um, <laughs> the fact that she was in worship was part of my criteria that I looked at. And there is fruit upon her life. And I remember asking her to join us to come to Cape Town for the World Conference. And, and there we, you know, the emotions start running. And, 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 and in the car, I will never forget this, in the car, she was really in love with me. Uh, so, uh, so, so in the car, as we, as we continued, she started making up these stories for us to engage in, like to share. So she tells the story and then she wants me to add to the story. And this whole story ended to marriage. And, and I remember, so at that time, I was the passive guy. I didn't share my feelings. I didn't share where this thing is going. I, I didn't think so much of that. I, I knew something's happening in me, but I didn't know what it is. And, and I remember one night, um, it was the campus night. And that morning, when we, that day of campus night, um, that morning, we woke up. We stayed at the same guest house, uh, not in the same room. Um, <laughs> we didn't know each other. That's another story of how she actually got to the guest house because it was my schemes. Uh, I, and, but anyway, so there was a day this morning and then she woke up angry with me. I didn't know it. So the way we got to the, to the place where the conference is taking place, she asked her, what's wrong? No, nothing's wrong. No, I can see something's wrong. Okay, something is wrong. Are you happy? And she left. And she left. We didn't speak that whole day. I couldn't understand because there's nothing between us. I don't understand what could she be upset about. I don't know what, where this thing is going. And I remember, I, rem I decided to my, for myself that evening, I, I'm, I'm going to wait. I'm not going to go to bed. I'll wait for her to come back. So she decided, I think, to go with a friend and not come back because maybe she was angry. And I remember she came back and she, she, she sat with me and we spoke. And she said, but where, where is this thing going? Where, where are we heading? Like, what, what's happening? Do you like me or what's happening? <laughs> and, and, and let me share with you why that shouldn't have happened because it was my responsibility. I should have led it. It was my passiveness that caused us not to even go there. It was my fault. And I remember when she said that, I started taking lead and I told her, Joanna, if this thing doesn't end in marriage, we're not starting it. I don't know you. I know that you go to church. I know that you're in bloom. I know for you're from Namibia. More than that, I don't know you. I don't know your character. I don't know what you do. I don't know your fails. I know nothing about you. But we're not starting this thing if we're not ending it in marriage. And that was our, and that was our starting point. Of building our vision together because the moment that she said it's obvious this thing should lead to marriage I knew what I had on my hands I knew I can work with this I knew now we can push through because both of us are working towards the same thing and this is my question this morning that if you're if you're dating or you're considering dating but you're not considering to get married what will be your fill in the blank? I'm dating for what reason? What are you putting in the blank? Are you, are, you, are you dating for fulfillment? Are you dating for affection? Are you dating for loneliness? What are you dating for? 
Because if it's not leading to marriage, I'm not sure I can say you can justify your reasoning. I hope my sister doesn't hear this message, but one day she was sitting with me, and, and she came. Now, you know when, when you're in school now, now, I knew what she shouldn't be doing, and, and the Lord saved me, so I tried to direct and get my family, on, my, my sister, you know, on the right path, and I want to protect her, and she came to me. She's like, like uh, Booty, I really need to tell you something. Um, there's someone. She's like, what do you mean there's someone? <laughs> oh, there's, there's someone. Someone who? And so as we continued, she said, no, there's this guy she's been talking to, and she, she, she started uh, feeling something, and I told her this, okay, just go, I leave it to, we leave it there. All I want you to answer me is, are you ready to get married? Because if not, then why are you dating? And I remember her going to the room, and she came back the next morning, and she told me, you know what, you're right. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what will be my reasoning for going into a relationship if I'm not ready to get married. And that's what happened. If you look at the Old Testament, I, I want to use one story of Abraham, um, the servant Isaac, and, and Rebekah. So Abraham got old. He, he tells the servant to come, put your hand under my thigh, and, tell me, and promise me this, that you'll not take me a wife from the Canaanites. Now, let's use the Canaanites as being unequally yoked, meaning you, you, you're, you're not equal. You're, you're not, if you're a pro- part of the body of Christ, you marry within the body of Christ. You don't go outside of the body of Christ. You stay inside. But this is what he said. He said, you go and fetch my, go and fetch for Isaac a wife. He didn't tell the servant, go and fetch Isaac a date. Go and fetch Isaac about five girls. Let him come back and test them out and then he will see which one is the best. He said, go and fetch me a wife. And I want us to, if you're a guy and, and this is what you do, you have this, this charm around you and every girl, you greet them in a certain way. It shouldn't happen. That's your sister for now. So we should look at everybody and you, if you say, this is my wife, then that should be your wife. That was my prayer from the moment I got saved. I said, Lord, the next woman should be my wife. If she's, I don't want anything. I don't want anything if she's not going to be my wife. Now imagine Jesus. Imagine Jesus invites you into a relationship. He asks you to repent, but He doesn't promise you eternal life. Will you take the relationship? But why do we take relationships not knowing where it's going? We enter into things, but we don't know where it's going. But imagine, that's what I thought, Jesus, if you couldn't promise me the end picture, how do I head there? That's what I'm holding on. That's what the whole Bible says. You're looking forward to that day when you can be in the presence of the Lord. So we need to understand that the importance of starting your relationship of well is that you shouldn't be casting off restraint. You shouldn't lose focus of the vision. You shouldn't let go of it. Therefore, if you're in a relationship and you guys have not started it well, just have the conversation again. Where is this thing going? And if you're desiring to go into one, be like Joanna and ask where is it going? Because men is sometimes passive 
Adam was passive at the, at the garden of Eve in protecting his wife. It's our default nature. We need to lead. We know it. But we become passive. And so ask the right question is where is this thing going? So that it is for your protection. It's for your sake that you have clarity on where it's going. So if there's this relationship, what's the big picture? What's this big picture that's being drafted for us to know that what is this whole relationship moving towards? Because I think when it comes to courtship, this is unspoken. It normally gets spoken to the married. But I think for the courtship, we, we don't get told these things. But this is where we are heading. This is the picture. This is the responsibility that's coming upon your shoulders. Ephesians 5, verse 25 to 27 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy without blemish you can continue for no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it just as christ does the church because we are members of his body therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh this mystery the two becoming one flesh this is a mystery that is profound and i'm saying that it refers to christ and the church just remain there it refers to Christ and the church. We're going to move to the previous slide. Everything I say now is referring to Christ and the church. Christ and the church is who? Is husband and wife. Move to the previous slide. It's husband and wife. It says husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up. Where you're in a courtship, you start with this. You start by maybe giving up some time. You start by giving up some money. You start by giving up some friendships. You know, you're spending more time with her or with him. You put away. You start giving up. But in your ultimate picture, you're going to give yourself up. So when you're with courtship, you're prepared to give yourself up. You're preparing yourself to be the sacrifice. You are going to be handed over. You are going to be given over to her. And you're going to commit to that giving over. Because giving yourself over is committing. I say it is, it is handing yourself over to her. Just as Christ does the church. Now imagine Christ went on his emotions. You bother him one day, then he pulls out. I'm not giving myself up for you. But we do that. But we need to understand when you want a healthy courtship, if you want to move into a healthy relationship, if you're married and you want to help the younger generation and help us understand that we need to measure the cost of what we're doing. We need to give up. We need to give up. Here's the reason that you give up. That he might sanctify her. As a man, your, your responsibility is and is going to be until the day of death is to sanctify her is to make her holy, is to set her apart. 
So if you're in a relationship, I would encourage you to start sanctifying her. But sometimes you're not even busy. We are not even busy with our own sanctification. But we want to sanctify others. So you need to start sanctifying. You need to start getting yourself holy, blameless, without a spot or a wrinkle. Because you're going to need to sanctify her. That he might sanctify, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. Now, if you're not reading your word, <laughs> I don't know what you're washing. <laughs> what are you washing with? If you're in a relationship, you spend time with the Lord now and then, when you feel like it, what will you be washing your spouse with? What are you washing this girl that you're treating with? What are you washing her with? So you're going to need to set her apart. And you need to one day put her before the Lord and say, Father, this is what I've done. Look at her. Look at how blameless she is, O oh Lord. Look at how I sanctified her, Lord. Look, how here I present. It says that so that he might present the church. She's the wife in this case. That she might present the church to himself in splendor without a spot or a wrinkle or any such thing. So that she might be holy set apart and without blemish you're going to come and you'll be accountable so where you've been dating for the affection and the love and the pleasure and the being in this is what you're going to be accountable for so you getting all the coffees and buying all the ice creams is great but are you busy santa are you busy preparing her for the day of the lord that when you say lord here she is Father, this is the woman that you've given me. This is the lady that I committed. This is the lady I gave myself up for so that I can sanctify her. So that I can put her before you and say, Father, this is what I've done. By your grace and by your mercy, I've presented her for you. So you will present her to the King of Kings. Putting before his throne and saying, Father, this is my will. And he says, no one hates. The next slide, no one hates. Sorry, the no, one, no one hates. Hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Just as Christ does the church. So you need to nourish and cherish the person that you're in a relationship with. A healthy courtship starts nourishing and cherishing what is nourishing it's building her up to maturity it's building him up to maturity that's what nourishes mean you're feeding that person you're you're taking care of them so that they can mature in their walk with christ and you need to cherish her. that means you need to cherish her and him and that means to do it with warm and comfort so you're building her up to maturity with warmth and comfort you're going to be able to, you, you need to nourish her and cherish her. It says, this mystery is profound. This is a picture. You see, the devil doesn't necessarily want to stop our relationships. He just wants to destroy this picture. He doesn't necessarily not want you to get into a relationship. He wants you not to get into a relationship. He wants you not to get married so you cannot represent this picture. 
I'm just talking in the context that is, you can stay single for the rest of your life. It's a blessing. We'll talk about it next week. I'm serious. Um, <laughs> I'm really serious. <laughs> I'm really, really serious. But so the devil doesn't necessarily try to destroy or break your relationship. He's trying to destroy this picture. He's trying to keep you from giving yourself up, giving up your life, giving up your dreams. I came here. My plan was never to come here. From planting a church in Lesotho, I was going to plant a church in Ethiopia. It was my plan. I gave up to come and be with her. I gave up my home country to be with her. So you will give yourself up. And you will sanctify her. If she's not spending time with the Lord, if she's not becoming like the Lord, if she's not enjoying the Lord, it is me. It is my response. It was my responsibility before we even got married. I took it upon me, making sure she's being sanctified. And we fought over her sanctification at Thursday. But I wanted to see her without a spot. I wanted to see her without a blemish. And the devil came not to wake us up, but he came to try to destroy this. How does he do it? By getting you to sin. By getting us to sin. And I want to talk about this big picture, but the destroyer comes. And John 8 verse 44 says this to us. You are the father of the devil. He was talking to other guys here. And he says, and you will... (laughs) And your will is to do your father's desires. That's the devil. The father's desires. Sinfulness. He was a murderer from the beginning. And does not stand in the truth. There is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. Another translation says, when he lies, he speaks his native tongue. His native language. When he lies. For he is a liar and the father of liars. See, because of this profound picture, this this ideal, when you're going into a courtship, that you're preparing to give yourself up, preparing to be sanctified, preparing the vision, that's why the fight is so great. That's why the sin fight is so great. Because this representation, there's this thing where people look at you, they're going to see Christ. And He's trying to destroy that. So He comes and He murders. He murders how? He murders our peace. He murders our conscience. He murders us. He murders your... Add one more thing. (laughs) He murders your peace. He murders your relationship with Jesus. He tries to cut that off. And then he comes and he lies. He's trying to deceive you. So he's trying to to turn the truth and telling you, but man, you guys are going to get married. Go and get a flat together. You guys are going to get married. Go and stay together. You need the affection. You need the love. You need the the appreciation. You need all of this. He's trying to get you to meet your legitimate needs in an illegitimate way. Your legitimate needs. Everything is legitimate. But while you're in courtship, he's trying his best to meet it in an illegitimate way. He's trying to get you in positions and places and actions and spaces to meet what is legit. Do you need love? Yes. Do you need affection? Yes. Do you need someone who cares for you? Yes. But he's coming and he's doing this, those legitimate things. And he wants you to meet him in an illegitimate way. And you see, when we give over, when we give over, 
we destroy the picture and we give him a win. When we sleep around, we destroy the picture and we give him a win. When we move in together, we give over the picture and we give him a win. You see, when that love and an affection and that care is becoming so much, we give him a win because you have idolized. You have made this thing so important. That you're with the Lord once a week. If you are really. And so he comes and he, and he lies to us. He, he challenges us. He, it says that from his own character, he tells lies. What is a lie? He deceives. That's what he did with Eve. He said to her, listen. Listen. Did God really say that? Did he, did he really say did he really say it's to the benefit of you? Did he really say, don't idolize? No, man, you're not idolizing. It's what you need. You need this. And see, healthy courtships protects the picture. If you want to stay in a good, healthy relationship, single, married, or whatever you are, you protect the picture. This is the standard we're setting, and we're not going to move down. Because when people go into a courtship, this is what we want to see. That they are preparing to give themselves up. To be sanctified and standing against the destroyer. Standing against the murderer. Standing against the lies. Standing against the deception. And I want you to watch out for valuing your relationship, your courtship above the Lord. Watch out for that. Watch out for making it more than what it should be. Because the enemy comes and says, man, this guy is dangerous. But we have the power to resist it. You see, he says, it comes, he prowls, he's looking. He's looking, he's searching to kill, steal, and destroy. He's, he's wanting that. And in this context, in this message, he's wanting to destroy that picture, that end goal. Because you see, the moment you, you get caught up in this sin, it is difficult to walk the end goal. Because now you guys start feeling guilty and you're fighting. And you're no longer fighting to get to the end goal together. You're fighting each other and, and it's, you're moving. And so I want to say, if you're a guy, protect her. Protect the relationship. Protect the ways. If you're a girl, protect it. Protect the relationship. Then I end with the last point, the golden rule that will keep your relationship golden. The golden rule. Ah, you're probably thinking what it is. <laughs> the golden rule that will keep your relationship golden is Matthew 22 verse 37 and saying, He said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your mind. You shall love the Lord your God. I shall delight in Him. I shall take pleasure in Him. I shall be satisfied in the Lord my God. Above all, above all, above all, because I know when we get into relationships, then we start hanging out a lot later. And I wonder, when do you get time to read your Bible? If you are you're out so late. Love the Lord your God. Protect your, 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 with all your heart, with all 
that emotion, with all that desires, with all that needs, put it before the Lord and submit it before Him and say, Lord, with all of me, I give this to you. Lord, I give and I make you. It says, love the Lord. So, Lord, I, I, I put you as Lord over my heart. I put you as Lord over my soul. I put you as Lord over my mind. And you shall do that with all of you. You shall do that with all of you. You see, you with all your heart, that's where the emotions flow. That's where the affection comes from. If you don't protect that part, you're in danger. If you don't protect your soul, because you see this heart, when, when the heart gets corrupt and the mind gets corrupted, it, it influences the soul. Because your mind now gets vulnerable. Now you've opened stuff. You've opened your mind to certain things. And now your, your mind is wondering and it's pondering. And it's, you know what? It, you, 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 it's, like you, um, it's like you roasted. You bake these things until it's ready. And when it's ready, then you want to eat. And then, so all these things come when you think of it, when you give attention. And that's why it says take captive of the thoughts and submit them. So when you move into relationship, you've got to give it all. Saying, Lord, there's this picture. Because you see, it's so much bigger than our natural thinking of, of, of being together, of joining your life together, of, of doing, you know, getting our careers and our degrees and our preaching and our church planting, whatever I can be do. It's so much bigger. It's this representation of Christ. This, when people look at your courtship, when people look at your marriage, when people look at it, they should see Christ. They should see with all I'm giving up. With everything. Here's the ideal picture. Let me close with this. If you want your boyfriend and girlfriend to be a future spouse who love Christ, they better love Jesus now. If he does not love Jesus, he will not love you. If he doesn't give his all to the Lord, he cannot know what love is. He doesn't know what an unconditional love is. Because he doesn't love the Savior of the world. His understanding of love will be limited. It will be self-centered. Because you see, when it comes to courtship, it is about what you give. You will be giving. And love I love this definition. Love is taking someone else's problems and making it your own. So that's what's going to happen. If He loves you now, Jesus took our problems, made it His. You're going to take her and His problems and you're going to make it your own. You're going to make sure it gets sorted out. But we need to understand the love of Jesus. We need to understand how He took our love, our issues, our sinfulness, our, our, our problems. He took it and He put it upon Himself so that you and I can be pure. You and I can be without it. He did that for us. And in a relationship is what you're going to do for them. You're going to take up those issues, those irritations, your character traits. Because see, when... when, when, when <laughs> When we come to those type of things, then you realize, oh, they have a stinky attitude. Ah, uh, compatibility. I don't want that. They're not fixed for me. They're not made for me. We're not made for each other. That's always the word. We're not made for each other. But you take that. 
and you work with that. You work it out. If you've committed to this thing, commit to it and stay with it. Work it out. Because it ain't getting better at all times. Sometimes it gets harder. Sometimes there's more. New things come up. And you're going to work through it. And that's why, for that reason, is why you need to, to love Jesus. And for that reason, it's why you need to love Jesus. Because you cannot be moved by your emotional feelings. You, man, you, I don't know where you'll end up. And I thank the Lord that He doesn't do that. Imagine He moved by the day He felt about you. We won't be having this service. I'll be doing something else with my life. So the most important part to keep your relationship golden, to keep it protected, is love the Lord your God with all, with everything. And do not withhold anything. When you go into a relationship, seek accountability. Seek it. Pursue it. Force it. Do not go without it. If the one couple doesn't give you accountability, go to the next couple. Don't accept passive... I don't... Sorry. If, uh, if, uh, but just go and find accountability. I don't want to say anything about anybody. But we need accountability, guys. From a marriage point of view, we need it. The next generation needs it. We desperately need it. We need to be shaped. We need to be cared. We need it. We need to understand this big picture. Guys, I knew relationship was all about the feelings. That's what I knew. I knew it's, it's, all about, it's all about this eating ice cream together and drinking coffee together. And, but there's so much bigger. I can't present that before the Lord. Did He include that? Yes. Did He include living out your dream and achieving big things on earth together? Yes. But He's looking for the giving up, the sanctification, the nourishing and cherishing, and presenting her and him. It's only her. I think this is a one-way stream. You're going to be presenting her. <laughs> presenting her. And this happens. This gets birthed from your love for Jesus. His love for you gave up everything so you can be in a relationship to him. So he wants you to love him. He wants you not to become inconsistent with Him. I don't want to get ahead of myself for next week's message, but Paul said it. You know, it's, when, you're, when you're in a relationship, you're divided. Your attention. Therefore, we need to fight again. Because there's this someone who also gives us these feelings and we love it. But we need to sit. The Lord is all satisfying, all fulfilling. And He loves you with all His heart, with all His soul, with all His mind. So let's stand and I want to close for us. Yeah, Lord. Father, this message is so convinced it's from you, Lord. I'm so convinced, Father, it's what you wanted to do here this morning, Lord. It's what, it, it's what you wanted to impart. Not merely impart, Father, but it's the standard you want to raise. It's the picture you wanted to paint, Lord. It's the warning you wanted to give us. And it's the submission with everything, Father, that you wanted to accomplish. And Lord, in this church this morning, we say, Father, there will be no more, Lord, low standards, God. 
there will be no girl and no guy that sets the standards for themselves, but they'll say, Father, you have set it and we keep it. So, Lord, first and foremost, Lord, I just want to bless every couple, Lord. Every couple that has a desire, every person that has a desire, Lord, single or in courtship, God, that has a desire for marriage, God, that has a desire to get get married, Father, may they see and cherish and nourish this picture, God, this idea that you have, Father, that when we look at relationships, we'll see you and you alone, Lord. Father, I pray that you restore the brokenness, God. God, I pray that you restore the disappointments, God. Father, where the guy or the girl was not committed, where they were not in line, Lord, and they just pulled out, Father. God, and I pray a protection over everyone in this building, Father, that when they step in again, they step into the right person. They step into the person that will take charge, that will take commitment, that will take responsibility and live out this picture that you have in mind, Lord. God, may you come and pour your love into our hearts in this moment. And Lord, I pray for no time, for no situation, for no circumstance, will we ever, Father, compromise to love you with all our hearts, with all our souls, with all our minds. We bless you, Lord. It's not about us, it's about you, Lord. And our heads are being lifted. Father, I pray for for those heads that look to each other, Lord. Those heads, Lord, this is a self-centered thing. must be about me it must be what about i what i can receive god lift their heads and say lord it's what about i can receive tell them lord it's it's about your glory it's about you jesus father i bless you this morning i bless everyone in this building lord in the name of jesus amen thank you for listening For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.